Hello, and welcome to Improvised Music in Kingston, a podcast that explores the thoughts and music of a group of local musicians who are situated across various genres and who all incorporate improvisation as part of their practice. I am your host, Paul Clifford. In this episode, we will explore the question, how do participants improvise and what knowledge they need to do it? I asked the group members to describe some general ideas on how they approach improvisation, as well as to describe their musical training background and how they learn to play improvised music. In this episode, we will hear from Chantal Thompson, Paul Morrison, David Parker, Liam Cole, and Sadaf Amini. The music you hear was all recorded live and features all members of the group. that I approach improv I think um, listening first of all is central to improvisation Um, so if I'm working on my own and I'm listening uh, to my inner voice I'm listening for what's calling to me it's kind of it's something that um, you're not even necessarily hearing it's like um, uh, it's like future listening. I don't really know how to ext- describe that, um, but it's something that's calling to me off in the distance um, because art is often a journey through something. Um, sounds in the environment can become a band to work with. I'm drawing from a kind of compost of thoughts that I've had that might be circling in that particular time. Um, improvisation is a lifestyle and jazz is reflected from our life experience. Improvisation is a political activism against a very controlled environment. Um, so what I mean by that is I, I use improvisation on my own to kind of um, access the subconscious feelings that I have um, in my own life that I might not be able to articulate in certain um, social uh, scenarios, or even maybe I don't have the language um, because maybe even the language is somewhat controlled. just listening um uh yeah a a big 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 part is just listening um and I mean and that you know in not just with 
you know, ears mostly, but, you know, also, like, what's the structure of, um, of the, what kind of improvisation is, you know, happening here? What's the structure? What's the orchestration? Um, yeah, and just feeling, you know, like feeling, it's mostly just kind of, yeah, listening and, and feeling through, um, uh, I guess kind of like, like an, um, archaeologist, like digging with a tool, like feeling with tools forward, I think is, is, um, a metaphor that, um, my friend Nadia Cheney um, and I talked about pretty recently, actually. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess mostly just listening, listening and, and kind of feeling um, and yeah, listening to myself, listening to everyone else. I've done improvising kind of, I would say, in two categories. One where it's uh, really um, improvisation in its rawest form and its most essential in the term that anyone would use the word improvisation to improvise this sentence that I'm speaking or to wake up and say, I'm going to make breakfast. Let me improvise. You know, I don't know what I'm going to make. I'm just going to go for it. <clears throat> Shush, babies. But even if, sorry, that's my cat for the record. <laughs> um, if... Uh, now that I even say it out loud, though, when you think about it, even what I just described is is within a context. You know, you think to yourself, okay, within the parameters, I'm going to make some breakfast, uh, but I don't know what the heck I'm going to make, and I'm just going to wing it. So, you know, thinking of that musically, I've been in scenarios where musicians have no pre-designed uh, framework or concept for what the music will sound like. And it's just like, let's improvise. Mm -hmm. And I've also been in scenarios where, um, you know, I'm playing a, a song that, where I'm playing within the context of a song, playing with people. And it's expected that you're gonna act a certain way and you're gonna improvise, but you're gonna improvise within that context. So I would say as far as my approach in either scenario, I think, you don't have to, but I, my approach has always been to know what I'm doing on the instrument as well as I can, because that's, that's ultimately my method for communicating. Where's the source material for your expression? Um, and it comes from free jazz, painting, sculpture, text, performance art, mm. um, nature, like hiking around here. I mean, this is one of the reasons I'm back in Kingston. 
mm-hmm. is um, I get a lot from, you know, getting out of town mm-hmm. and listening mm-hmm. to the trees and the water and the birds. And um, you know, so I, I love living here for that reason. it uh, a bit like uh, it's a it's a creative process Uh, it's part of my artistic practice Um, it's I employ improvisation in many of the different creative pursuits that I have Um, I think it's something even that spills over into parts of my life that are not necessarily creative or not traditionally thought of as creative. So, you know, problem solving at work. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a software developer. So, I mean, I guess maybe that's creative too, but not necessarily, or just problem solving or communicating with people in words and text, writing, speaking, in things that are not necessarily like not part of my music in any way but just parts of my life in like relationships uh with other people i think of improvisation as like a framework to approach a given task or a given way of being or a way of communicating or a way of expressing oneself of whether you have a distinct framework uh, or not, I think musically, uh, technically, the, the better facility you have on your instrument, the more easily you can communicate your ideas. It's just like having a vocabulary when you speak your language. Um, you know, you want to be able to, to say ideas uh, succinctly and simply, 
but you also want to be able to describe in detail some things that you can't say with one or two words, uh, you know. So musically, um, that's been my approach, whether it be improvising or not, is to have as best a grasp on the technical facility of the instrument as I can, almost as a prerequisite. And that's kind of just knowing the framework for what you're going to do. You know whether you're going to play a jazz song or a blues song or a country song or you're going to get together with people and you have no framework but you just want to improvise you know if if you don't have that facility that's the first you know um limit that you're going to reach is i can't do what i want to do because i just literally physically can't do it on the instrument I feel like improvisation for me just started with jamming with my friends and then more, you know, um, more like really focused practice came in with um, with music school and in, in with jazz um, improvisation. And then um, pretty quickly after that kind of turned more into um, like open or like a bit more free improvisation and stuff like that. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, definitely I would say a bulk of my um, experience and education with improvised music came from, is in a jazz, like kind of came from a jazz setting. As you know, I play Santorin, Iranian music. Uh, so improvisation in Iranian music is um, is divided into two parts. One is the rhythmic part and non-rhythmic part. 
Um, and what we have learned during the classic training that we had, it mostly is focused on the non-rhythmic part that uh, musician after a while after years of practice they get to a point that when they want to play music they start to um, play their their own phrases not the, the things that they have learned exactly the same thing and this is mostly um, applicable to the non-rhythmic part happens to the rhythmic part as well but um, it's uh, related to the very classic and traditional uh, way of performing so um, this normally works that it works like this that the rhythmic improvisation is when someone starts to play classically in a traditional way some uh, non-rhythmic phrases and then uh, in, um, introduce the mode um, then after a while when it gets a little bit kind of um, the same, I start, I start to play some rhythmic phrases and some melodies, just um, whatever comes to the uh, performer's mind, they play that uh, with a rhythmic pattern. But um, as contemporary musician, we don't do that anymore. And whatever we play rhythmically is mostly uh, written or we have thought before about it, what to play. Uh, but traditionally, when one solo performer or two or more, they sit beside each other and there is normally a percussionist that accompany them, they just, at some point, they just start to play a rhythmic pattern and then um, sometimes one of them get muted and pass it to the other one so, it, so they continue and then pass it to the other performer. So this is normally the way of improvisation in Iranian music.
Um, but uh, about myself, when I am playing more traditional uh, music and classic Iranian classic music, um, it's mostly about the phrases uh, of non-rhythmic music that I uh, I play. And, but when it goes to more contemporary music, it's a little bit different because I don't think about the um, the uh, the frames that I learned in classic Iranian classic music, and I don't follow exactly uh, the same rules. And I mostly um, try to um, try to um, play whatever comes to my mind on that moment. It's not necessarily a traditional way of. Uh, Iranian music and what I've learned but it it might be related to what I'm hearing beside another musician or um, like the, the atmosphere that I'm playing in Yeah, I started playing piano when I was about 12 or 13. Before that, I played a little bit of guitar, just kind of rocking a bit, you know. Uh, I took some lessons, but it was not, it was more just like guitar lessons, it wasn't like music lessons. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, then when I started playing piano a little bit, I started with classical. I was just learning on my own. Again, I took a few lessons, but nothing major, just the local piano teachers, a couple half hour lessons. And I, I never really jived with many of my teachers. I just, you know, the standard thing for me, I, I just did my own thing. It was more exciting for me just to do my own thing. I, I still went through most of the books that any teacher would use, like, mm -hmm. they, you know, but I just kind of did it myself. Um, and then whatever kind of little help I needed here and there, I would take a few lessons just to, just to make sure I was on the right track and stuff like that. I had a couple crappy experiences off the top that kind of soured my, you know, musical lesson uh, mm -hmm. enthusiasm. But... Uh, just for amateur teachers, you know, professional teachers, even if I've had bad experiences, they've, they've turned, they've actually been positive in the, in the long run. So, yeah. so it, it's okay. I'm not uh, complaining or anything, but that, that's probably a reason why I didn't have a whole lot of early training. I was more or less self-taught with, you know, the odd here, here and there lesson until I got into high school. That's when, um, I met my band teacher, uh, in grade, grade nine, I had a different band teacher before that, but, uh, that was Sergey Riga. He heard me play a bit of piano. He said, do you want to take 
jazz you want to learn how to play jazz piano i said well i'm all i'm already kind of taking these classical lessons you know i just wasn't sure how much my parents could afford like can i take both lessons you know i'd want to do both you know and he's like well okay well let's try it out so i i went over for a lesson to hit went over to his place got a lesson instantly it was different i wasn't reading music i was reading letters mm-hmm. you know on, on a page instead of notes it was it was it was letters and numbers and chord symbols you know which i later found out and i didn't know what the heck was going on but again i was intrigued and it was like uh, i thought i was learning classical which is supposed to be you know sophisticated and all this stuff and that, he actually taught me more about music in that first half hour lesson i think than i did in all these other classical things and and that's what i was interested in you know i'm sure there was some value to the other lessons i was getting but that's not what i wanted it's not what i was geared towards so i loved it i was i was in bam i got a bunch of jazz records uh he began showing me little by little i began learning on my own i got book after book record after record just listen 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 you know it wasn't it wasn't a chore at all because i was just so into it i remember i went right across the street from the high school to the library and i got a cup he said you want to learn jazz i said i i've never even heard sure you know whatever it sounds like you can do some cool stuff on the piano why not i'll check it up so i went across the street to the library from my high school and i just went to the uh, to the rack and it's on the side of the cd it said jazz okay all right this is what jazz is i pulled out dave holland quintet Whoa. not for nothing yeah then i pulled out eric dolphy out to lunch Whoa. i mean these are these are two of some of my like two of my favorite albums to this day they're so good neither of them have piano and i'm a piano That's player true. kind of funny yeah and there we go eric dolphy and dave holland i mean two i mean talk about ex- experimental very interesting music to listen to um shortly after that i got so i got to kind of blue i didn't really like it at first you know it was again it was a little run of the mill to me it sounded like kind of boring you know the songs are kind of slow whatever of course my i've changed my tune since then i got yeah. a little more taste to good taste but uh um so that so that started my training and then once i discovered jazz that that was that was more or less it as far as <clears throat> I've always studied classical music on my own. I've always been practicing it on my own, but I'm not about to give a classical concert anytime. It's more just for my own technical uh and musical enjoyment. Um and practice and you know and I love music so I love studying it. Uh but as far as performing, I've always been more just uh, geared towards jazz for lack of a better word you know whatever that means to some people it might not mean what i'm saying but sure. an improvised kind of form of music that's mostly swing uh oriented uh and then modern jazz of course uh you know whatever just what it's become i'm into that too i kind of that's what i perform mm-hmm. i wish i could say i did something completely different and new uh <laughs> you know i'm working on it yeah. but uh <laughs>
actually have any formal training in music. Mm. Um, it's more from an abstract perspective and I, I just had a, a good ear. Mm. But I always was cutting my stuff on the bandstand. You know, I was always playing in bands and I always sang. And so my learning came from like the stage and jamming. I remember seeing you first, I think, in Joy in maybe like 93. Yeah. But was that early days or was that like after you'd already been doing stuff for a while? Uh, my early, early days would have been high school. I had a band. Right. I had a band when I was 14 years old and we actually had paying gigs. Wow. What kind of music? Yeah. So, well, rock and mm -hmm. pop and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. um, we were underage. So we would go to like the seniors <laughs> home, or, right, you know, right. like we, uh, the mall or, yeah. you know, on the street, but we would, ha we had paying gigs and we were thought of as a professional band. And in our high school, we were hired to do, you know, the dances and all that stuff, Whoa. you know, specifically in improvisation was uh, in when I was living in Montreal I was 25 years old and I I started working with a group of jazz musicians free jazz musicians um, and that's when I first started playing the upright bass and um, I don't think it was like formal training at that it was like informal training I guess I, I suppose with those musicians but later one of the saxophonists that I was working with his name is Fred Basil uh, and he led improv workshops uh, once a month in Montreal and he, had, he did it for years and years and um, I attended at times those those improv workshops um, and then in 2016 I was living in Halifax and I attended some improv workshops held by a group called Suddenly Listen. And the creative directors were Norm Adams and Tim Crofts. And so I received some instruction from them and they had some guest leaders, I guess, uh, who, one of whom is a Canadian, his name is Pierre-Yves Martel and two of Pierre-Yves uh, contacts were these two guys from Germany whose names I don't quite remember I won't be able to pronounce uh Carl Ludwig Hoopscht I think was one of them that was one of them but the other name I don't remember music they never teach you how to improvise and 
after a while you start learning yourself by listening to different works of uh, masters of music or uh, by just repeating different uh, versions of the radif is the like root of the music of um, Iran music just by repetition and listening uh, and uh, years of learning and playing then at some point you get to uh the the idea you get the idea that how you should start improvisation but they don't really teach you the, the basics and how you like composing it's not like that that they tell you how to do they give you some idea that some basic idea that how should melody moves in this place or in this piece and how you should connect this to the other mode but uh, it's very limited and it's mostly by experience so would you say it's kind of um like an oral practice like you have to listen Mostly. yeah so it's not written in a, in a in a textbook so much yeah recently they have published different musicians have published some um like researches or some books but it hasn't been there forever or something that everyone teaches or a fixed method is not like that Thank you for listening to Improvised Music in Kingston. In this episode, we asked, how do participants improvise and what knowledge do they need to do it? In our next episode, we will continue along this theme and meet all the rest of the group. For more information about this project, the group members, and to listen to the complete set of musical recordings, please visit the project website at paulclifford.ca slash imik.